You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Sunday, May 16th, Ian Cameron uh, with you, uh, ready to break down the Sunday uh, Stanley Cup playoff card. Uh, if you missed yesterday's show, man, it was a three-hour marathon. I felt like Joe Rogan in the host chair doing a three-hour podcast, except I'm not getting his money, uh, unfortunately, uh, to do it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, very fun show yesterday. Our guest, uh, Brett Sontag, was phenomenal. What am I going to do? I mean, we went three hours. We talked about all the games. What am I going to say? Don't tell that Connor McDavid golf story. You know, it was a great story. So uh, I'm glad we could hear uh, all of that. And Bennington, lots of good stories from him and great analysis as well. So if you missed yesterday's show, you can watch it on replay on YouTube or check out the uh, podcast uh, as well. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, we're excited for this Sunday show, though, and excited to have two more special guests with me. We've got Vital Cote back uh, with us, and we welcome to the show for the first time. He's asked to be on the show uh, a bunch of times. I said, oh, we'll get we'll get to you. we got a lot of guys coming on the show, uh, and we'll get to you eventually. And we finally brought him on uh, today for the first time, Mohamed Jama, uh, joining us here on the Ice Guys show. Uh, Vital, welcome in. Uh, what did you think of uh, last night's Bruins-Capitals uh, game? Yeah, it was, uh, it's good. To, you know, there's no better time than playoff hockey. It's the best, uh, it's the best sport, uh, especially when it comes to playoffs. It's much watch. Um, I was excited. Um, I watched about the first period. I, I, I laid a little, uh, minus one and a half, uh, didn't go so well, but, um, I should have took the minus five and a half the whole game. That would have hit, but, um, yeah, it's good. It, it's good hockey. It's fun to watch. Uh, the ice gets smaller, and uh, the guys get the guys get better. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And we welcome Mohamed Jama. He's a big. He's in Alberta, I believe, uh, yeah. but he's a big Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, very big and very frustrated. Often, he's always venting to me what's the, about the Habs and their problems throughout the uh, season. So they're all frustrated. Don't get me wrong; they want perfection, Habs fans. But uh, Mohamed, welcome into the Ice Guys. How are you? Not too bad, Ian. Uh, you know, I, I, like Vital just said, uh, it's the best time of the, uh, time of the year if you're a hockey fan. Uh, the intensity, everything just ratchets up. And, uh, yeah, I know uh, anybody that, that uh, follows the sport knows that, that uh, everything that goes on in a hockey game is uh, completely intensified uh, in the playoffs. It's a great time of year. The weather's getting better. So uh, couldn't ask for much more right now. Absolutely could. Let's get to today's action, guys. We got a game that's starting in just minutes from now. The Islanders and Penguins. It's game one of their series. We got the Penguins favorite at home here. Five the total in this one. Uh, we got lots of lots of news to bring you. No Malkin today for the uh, Penguins, which we were kind of expecting. It was could have gone gone either way with him playing or not. But you know, when you got Jeff Carter now playing on that third line, you got more depth. You've got Crosby, Gensel, and Rust on the top line. You've got more than enough offensive weapons here if you're Pittsburgh still. Even and to be honest with you, Malkin was underwhelming this year, and even last year in the playoffs, he wasn't. He was non-existent. You know, you can just look back to why Muhammad's Habs beat the Penguins. Malkin not doing much is part of the reason. So, uh, you know, he's a good player, but I think he's a little overvalued at times in terms of just how much of an impact he makes compared to years ago. I think he, made, he was a much more impactful player when the Penguins were winning their first few cups than he's been the last couple of years. Uh, but they've got more than enough to survive that. On the Islanders' side, no Semyon Varlamov, so it's going to be Ilya Sorokin uh, making the start here in Game 1 for the Islanders. I was on record in our playoff preview uh, with Jimmy on Friday. I said it again yesterday with Brett on the Saturday show. That I like the Penguins in this series. I still like the Penguins in this series. I'm always fearful of going against the Barry Trotz monster in the playoffs, which we know he is a great playoff coach, and this team can be very stingy defensively. And when they're on their game and they're checking, they can be tough to beat. But I don't like the way the Islanders played down the stretch. They got nothing from Paul, Kyle Palmieri. It's like they bought a stock and then the stock plummeted. That's essentially what happened with Kyle Palmieri. Uh, they got him thinking he's going to help them offensively, and he struggled. They're going to miss Anders Lee, I think, a little bit in this series. What are you going to get from Bailey and Nelson? Uh, Barzell's great offensively, but he's turning the puck over too much. It's alarming. So many times I've seen him just turn the puck over in the neutral zone and it lead to chances and goals for the other team. That's not going to get it done against a team like the Penguins. I think Pittsburgh takes game one as well. I have a small bet on Pittsburgh game one. Pretty sizable bet on Pittsburgh in the series. Uh, and usually when I have a sizable series bet, if I'm going to bet game to game, I'll go smaller. So that's what I've done. And at the total being five now and with Sorokin in instead of Varlamov, I could see this game maybe getting over that number. And I'm always interested in a five, you know, when it comes to an over, uh, especially when you've got the Penguins. And the Penguins and the Islanders have actually, the Penguins have dominated the Islanders as well in the head-to-head -head series. Keep that in mind uh, this season. So I like Pittsburgh here in game one. I'm on Pittsburgh in the series. Small play as well, over five in this game. Uh, Vital, what do you like here? Islanders, Penguins, game one in the series. Yeah, um, I think this is, you know, you see the the lines at minus five. It should be a low-scoring game. Um, I guess Varlamov's not playing. Um so that that kind of leaned my decision towards Pittsburgh. Uh, I do like you know whoever's got usually the stronger goalie uh, has a better chance. Pitt six and two against the Islanders this year, so uh, I, I'd be on Pitt at minus twenty five as well. 
like in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, they're just interviewing just a second ago on the NBC broadcast, John Gabriel Pajot for the Islanders. Um, he's a guy that's a playoff performer, so uh, be careful of him. Uh, and if I'm Pittsburgh, I got to be careful of him. He seems to play better at playoff time, uh, to be honest with you. That wouldn't shock me. Uh, what do you think here, Mohammed? Islanders, Penguins? You know, I have to uh, agree with Vital. I, I lean Penguins in this game. Uh, I think when you look at like a lot of the advanced analytics on this game, both teams are sort of mid-pack. Uh, the one thing that stands out with Pittsburgh is they were they were roughly 24 goals above expected uh, in goals for this year. So um, they were producing at, at what a lot of people would consider uh, an unsustainable rate. But, you know, I look at the Islanders this year, and they're just, they just don't seem to be the same team. Um, and the way Pittsburgh plays now, um, they're a lot more patient. They're, they're a lot more willing to play those 2-1, 3-1 type games. And I think with, uh, against, like, in this, in this type of series, I think that Pittsburgh is going to be a lot better equipped to kind of wait the Islanders out and just pounce on mistakes. And they, what the Islanders like to do is counterattack teams. Um, and so in the past, when Pittsburgh's like to push the pace and try to push the envelope, um, they were able to sort of give the Penguins problems because they would capitalize on their mistakes. I think Pittsburgh's much more uh, set up to, to beat the Islanders this year. I like them in game one, and I, I think they probably get this done in five or six games. So, uh, yeah, I got to ride with Pittsburgh here, even though I think they did overachieve this year. And Malkin being out, you're right, um, isn't what it was uh, a, a few years ago. So, yeah, I, I like the Penguins here. All right. Uh, Mohamed liking uh, Pittsburgh as well in this one. Uh, before we get to the next game, I wanted to get that game done because it's going to start momentarily. I do want to touch on the game last night, Boston and Washington. Washington in overtime winning 3-2 to two, uh, against the uh, Bruins. Boston played smart sound road game in my opinion i thought they did i, th I thought they're the winnable game for them a couple of those goals were bad bounces the overtime goal deflected by dowd not much you can do the second goal by washington goes off a skate in front of the net and deflects past rask not much you can do but they didn't really give up the bruins a ton of grade a chances that's the good news they played a smart good sound strong defensive game i just found on the offensive end they had the puck a lot in the offensive zone, but they didn't shoot enough. I mean, it's like they had the puck and they didn't do anything with it. They had to shoot the puck a whole lot more than they did. We've got a 39, almost 40-year-old Craig Anderson coming into the game last night because of Vitek Vanacek's injury. You've got to put the fucking rubber to the guy. Make him make the save here. Make him feel the puck. Make him get into the game a little bit. Cold off the bench, and it just did not happen here for the uh, Bruins. And the, no second and third chance opportunities either. They got one shot on the Washington net, and that was it. Uh, one and done. They didn't get a second and third chance. They didn't get to loose pucks. They didn't get to rebounds uh, in front of Anderson, in front of that Washington net last night. So that's something they're going to have to work at. It's going to be, you know, that coming in waves, driving the net. That net drive presence has to be there much greater than it was, I think, last night in game one. No reason to panic. Boston's Boston's been a resilient a team full of resolve. Uh, it's long, going to be a long, tough, competitive series. I think we all thought that. I also want to mention, too, uh, Kelly Rudy's comment because uh, it, it, it was stunning to me. It's not just what he said. It's he's the one that said it. Kelly Rudy's been on Hockey Night in Canada for like 20 years now as an analyst. I don't think he's ever said anything controversial. I don't think he's ever been someone to rip a player publicly or criticize them that much. He basically said Vitek Vanacek had himself to blame for getting hurt. 
and that he let his team down. He let Craig Anderson down. You're supposed to get yourself stretched out properly before the game. He said he didn't stretch himself out properly, and you shouldn't just pull a muscle that easily, and all of a sudden you're out. So he said his preparation to play in a playoff game as a goalie in terms of his exercise and his regimen and his stretching before the game wasn't what it needed to be. And maybe he's right, maybe. But the thing that I'm wondering is, how do you know that? You have some secret spies, some secret service. You have a video camera. You've got some kind of way of finding out and seeing what Vitek Vanacek is doing in the warm-up and in the pregame to know that he's not stretching out properly and maybe not getting himself in the right frame of mind to be make this start. How do you know that? Or is he got, does he got a contact down there at the arena that's telling him this stuff? That Oh, Vitek Vanacek. You know what, Kelly? It's uh, – so-and-so from Washington here, I'm looking at Vitek Vanacek right now, and he's not warming up and stretching right now before the game. Did someone tell him? I don't know. Does he have someone? Does he have a way of seeing it? I have no idea. It's just he says that like he saw something from Vitek Vanacek. I'm like, wait a minute. Kelly Rudy's remote from his home in Calgary, Alberta. How the hell did he see anything uh, with Vitek Vanacek here? So I found that was an odd comment, and the fact it was Kelly Rudy of all people. Like, I think Jeremy Roenick would make a comment like that or someone that's a little bit more out there and as Sean Avery, for instance, or someone that's like got this very controversial, you know, rough around the edges personality. That's never been Kelly Rudy, you know? So to hear that from him, was kind of uh, surprising last night, just saying Vitek Banachek was unprepared. He didn't stretch properly. He let his team down. Uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing to hear that from uh, Kelly Rudy last night. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Vital, you mentioned the Boston-Washington game already. Muhammad, what did you think of that game last night? You know, I had the Bruins, um, and uh, I was frustrated as well. I thought that they, their just their execution was a little bit just it just wasn't there. It wasn't quite there. Like you saw Marchand kind of mishandle the puck a few times, some sloppy passes through the neutral zone. Um, and when they did get their chances, uh, both him and past uh, Pasternak, uh, they weren't they weren't finishing at the rate that obviously that you would expect from them. So I think that um, I do still like Boston in the series. I just think Washington's blue line is just not good enough. Um, I think you saw when Boston got physical and really like was heavy on the forecheck. Washington had a lot of trouble handling that. Um, and I think that the more Boston can keep the series five on five. Um, I think that they're gonna they'll, they'll maximize their chances to win. But uh, just a quick thought on that Kelly Rudy uh, bit. Uh, he actually played against my dad here in Edmonton growing up, uh, like all the way through like like Pee Wee Bantam midget. And uh, yeah, he's always been like what you said about him is spot on. Like he's always been like a very easygoing, nice kind of like salt of the earth guy. So like, to hear him say like just to hear him make that claim was a little bit interesting to say the least. Like I. When I like, I didn't see it live. Like when I heard, I saw it all over Twitter. I was like, "What is this about?" So yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty weird to to be honest with you. It was. I mean, like I say, it's just. I, I would. I would hope and think he's got someone in his ear telling him what happened. Vanacek wasn't, you know, getting himself stretched and doing his exercises or whatever he does during yeah. whatever goalies do before a game. Uh, someone must have told him something. I don't yeah. think he'd make it up fib or just assume that he's not stretching out before the game. Uh, Vitek He's got to know something. Uh, yeah, it, would be so bad. it would be such a terrible look for him to just make it up or assume that he didn't stretch without knowing. Exactly. And it's just weird because, I mean, obviously Rudy is a guy that's played uh, 
like not just competitive sport, but you played the sport at its highest level, right? So to make that kind of a like you understand as an athlete, right? Like I know like Vital played uh, high level hockey, Ivan Lacrosse guy, like you know you know that any like things like that can happen at any second. It doesn't matter how well you're prepared or how how good of shape you're in. Those types of things can happen, and especially when he's having to stretch across the net like that uh, that quickly, uh, you know, off a of face off like that. I, I just yeah, I found it very strange, but. You know what? Maybe he had some inside information. I don't know. No, it's uh, well, it's uh, interesting. Uh, that's that's uh, just surprising that I heard something like that, and that, that and even more surprising that the something like that came from Kelly Rudy uh, of all yeah. people. But uh, nevertheless, we move on. It's Minnesota Vegas next up. Vegas minus one fifty to minus one fifty five home favorites here in Game One. This could be the sleeper series out west. This could be a really good one, Vegas and Minnesota, total five and a half here. I think Vegas pulls this series out, and, and it might go the distance, but it's not going to be easy. I'm, I'm off this series uh, from a side perspective. I didn't bet a series price. I know Jimmy liked Minnesota. A couple people making a case for Minnesota. There's a case to be made for Minnesota. And the case is they got quick strike offense finally. Kaprizov and Fiala and Zuccarello and you go on down the list, there's so many weapons now that can beat you. They didn't even get a great season offensively from their stalwart veteran, Zach Parisi, uh, this season. So uh, this team can score. Their power plays good. Vegas, though, the blue line, outstanding one through six with Petrangelo, Martinez, uh, Theodore, uh, Braden McNabb. Nobody talks about him. He's a good defenseman, physical as well. will knock you on your can. The goaltending, I think, like Talbot, has had a great season for the most part was good against Winnipeg, albeit Winnipeg banged up in the bubble last year. He didn't sustain it against Dallas. I still, as good as he is, still have to lean a little flurry and Leonard, that combination for Vegas uh, in that. But I think Minnesota, they might have a little bit more punch down the lineup. Vegas relies a lot on Pacioretty, Stone, Marcia. So Smith has gotten it going, thank goodness. But early in the season, Smith was really struggling, but he's been good later. And, um, Carlson's not been great this year. And then after that, there's been a lot of question marks. Where's that offense going to come from the third line and the fourth line of the Golden Knights? That could be something you want to watch out for. Depth scoring, if they don't have it, it could leave them vulnerable in this series. I do like the total in this game. Five and a half if the over makes sense. If you can get there. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of pace between these two teams. Minnesota's trended to the over on the road more than at home. Vegas has trended more to the over on, at home more than on the road. So the stats and the trends support that over as well. Uh, I would look toward the over. I'm also going to sprinkle on the draw here in this game at plus 300. I Look, we saw an overtime game already with the Bruins and Capitals last night. I think it's a tight game, and overtime's a real possibility here. So over five and a half. And the draw for me at plus 300 in this game. Vital, what do you think here? Golden Knights and Wild. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup because uh, I think Minnesota has had Vegas's number a little bit this year. Um, but but like you said, I like Flurry. I think he's the best goalie, if not top two in the league right now for me. Um, and I always try to lean towards goalies, especially when it comes down to these series. I think Reaver gets back in tonight. Reeves is a huge piece for them, especially in the playoffs. That guy brings a different element. Um, you know, he some would say he's the scariest guy in the league right now. Um, so if I had to lean one way, I'd head Vegas. But um, it's 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 a tough matchup, like you said. Um, I was even thinking about the draw. That's an interesting bet at at plus three hundred. Might be worth your money. 
Um, but if I had to lean one way, I'd head, I'd lean towards Vegas just because uh, I think they have the edge in goalie. All right, so liking uh, Vegas a little bit and the uh, draw worth a look. Yeah, Mohammed, there's an echo coming from your, I think, feed. So yeah. I don't want to do it when you're not talking. I'll just mute your mic, and then when you're, okay. I, I put it to you, I'll unmute your mic. Moving okay, forward. sorry about that. Yeah. You're up. No problem. That's all. That's all right. We'll uh, iron it out next time. No problem. Uh, what do you like here, Mohammed? Minnesota, Vegas. So um, I, I think what you have to start off with this matchup is, um, and Detail touched on this briefly, is that uh, Minnesota, for whatever reason, um, and obviously they're much different now than they have been in the past, but they just, they own Vegas. They're 11 and five all time uh, against Vegas, uh, dating back to when Vegas came into the league. Um, this year, uh, obviously they play, Minnesota plays a much faster game, the addition of Kuprizov, um, that line with Zuccarello, who just seems to produce um, no matter where he's at, what the situation he's in. Uh, I've been really impressed with him this year. Um, and they're a team, Minnesota, they just seem to find goals throughout their lineup, uh, which makes it, makes them dangerous, especially in a playoffs, uh, playoff scenario uh, where you're playing the same team over and over again. Uh, the one thing that kind of bothers me about Minnesota is that a lot of their, uh, their advanced metrics, they're, they're really good in terms of their quality over quantity. So they're Corsi. Um, they're, I think they're like 28th in the league in Corsi, so they don't, they're not a great possession team, uh, and they don't, they struggle to sort of, uh, dictate, uh, dictate the play, but what they are, uh, what they are strong at is, is, uh, capitalizing their opportunities, um, and making the most of what they get, and Talbot, he sort he sort of channeled what he did in Edmonton a few years ago, where he was, Easily like top three, probably he might have been the best goalie in the league that year, him and Bobrovsky. Um, and he's sort of like gone, he's been able to kind of uh flat back to that. So that gives him a chance. I just I just have a I just have trouble thinking that um Minnesota is gonna be able to just physically stay with Vegas. Vegas, they just wear on you. Their four check, much like when Boston's on, Vegas's four check is just relentless. And uh I think that uh I think I think in the end, as well as Talbot's played, if if Vegas goes with Flurry, I have more confidence in him than I do Leonard. Uh, so not knowing what they're going to do with that uh, is a little bit difficult for me to make a prediction. But I think it's going to be really tight. I just think Vegas has a little bit too much. Uh, I think they end up winning this series, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Minnesota hang here. Uh, they could easily win this game today. I think. The price is probably uh, too good to pass up on Minnesota. If you want to take a shot today, I think it's with Minnesota. If you want to take a dog. All right. So, Lee in Minnesota here, Mohammed, with uh, this matchup against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and, yes, uh, look, uh, we know Terry Edelman is king of the uh, Minnesota Wild fan club, at least among the Ice Guys viewers and listeners. But he is right about Fleury. You know, he has had a little bit of a tough time against the Wild, even in Pittsburgh years ago. Uh, he struggled with the Minnesota Wild. Something about that team. Uh, he's had a little bit of a tough time head-to-head against them. But this should be a great series. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Like I say, Vitao uh, likes Vegas a little bit. Muhammad leans Minnesota. I like the draw and the over. So we got a little bit of everything going with this game one, Minnesota-Vegas. All right, this next one, I can't wait. Game one tonight, Sunshine State Showdown. Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers for the first time ever. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay series favorites, slight slighter favorites here in game one tonight uh, in this series uh, against the uh, 
Panthers total five and a half in this one. Um, this is another one where the draw I sprinkled on it. I think we get another tight competitive game. I let, I did bet Florida in the series uh, at a plus price. I did bet the series to go seven games, which is plus 210. I thought that was a phenomenal prop uh, wager for this series. Uh, the series to go the distance, uh, plus 210. I think it's a competitive series. Florida has shown they are not fearful of Tampa Bay. They have played Tampa Bay well. I think they're built to hang competitively right there with Tampa Bay for this entire series and have a shot at least to win it. I think they can. That's why I bet it, uh, Florida. But I think they'll be right there in it, and I like the chances of this series going seven. Sam Bennett getting him from Calgary has made a measurable difference uh, for this Florida team. He's looked like a different player uh, out there uh, on the ice. We'll see if that ends up uh, continuing forward here in the playoffs, but I think it's got uh, every chance to do that uh, going into this uh, series here, the way he's played. Barkov and Huberto have been magical for the Panthers all season. Carter Verhage, what a pickup he was from Tampa Bay where he won a cup last year. Now he's going to look to stick it uh, to his former team. The blue line, without even without Aaron Ekblad, they got Montour. Uh, you know, even Radko Gudis and Strawman have played well. Uh, Wegar's been good. Uh, up front, uh, Alexander Wenberg, who was cast off by Columbus, a very good prospect at one time. And all of a sudden, he's starting to get it rolling for Florida. There's a lot of things to like. Tampa Bay, the one thing you like for them is that they may, they're going to get Stamkos and Kucherov back. And they didn't have to make a trade at the deadline to get them back. It's like you just made a trade, but really you're getting two of your best players back. So look, that's going to be a, a huge boost for Tampa Bay. And when you put Stamkos and you put Kucherov out there, uh, other along with what they've already have with Braden Point and Alex Kalorn and Andre Palat and Tyler Johnson, who can be a big-time playoff uh, performer. And then you've got, of course, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau on the third line who can chip in offensively. This is now going to be a much taller order for Florida with the Stamkos and Kucherov back. How quickly can they adjust? How quickly can they step right onto the ice after being out for so long without wrecking chemistry and cohesion? There is some question there. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. They're definitely better team, the Lightning, with them back. I don't worry too much about Tampa's goaltending. Florida, you could say, because Bobrovsky's going to start the series. I think there's going to be a short leash on Bobrovsky. If things go south quickly early in the series for him, you've got Chris Drieger, who's had a great season. You have Spencer Knight, your future in net, who I don't think would be uh, quaking in his skates in playoff spotlight. I think he's got the calm, poised demeanor to handle it. And handle it well. So I'm not too worried about Florida's goaltending. I think they're in this series. I lean to them in game one. I'm going to stay off them in game one because I've already bet them for the series. I am going to take a little sprinkle on the draw here. And just like with the Minnesota Vegas game, I'm also going to go to the over here. Five and a half. Take advantage of it with Stamkos and Kucherov back for Tampa Bay. They're better offensively. Uh, I think you could see this game open up just a little first game of the series, maybe some jitters, maybe some penalties as well, because it could be a very nasty physical series with a lot of mutual dislike. We saw chippy hockey with these two teams down the stretch of the regular season. And you know what they say, more penalties leads to more power plays and ultimately more chances for goals. So uh, definitely, I think we could see this game get over five and a half. Panthers and Lightning game one tonight. Vital, it should be a good one. What do you think here, Tampa Bay, Florida? Yeah, nice little uh, Florida matchup. I grew up in a, in uh, in South Florida, right where, where the Panthers play. So 
it'll be cool if they can get back to, you know, uh, some playoffs and get some fans in those stands and stuff. That'd be great. Um, for me, as far as the series goes, like you said, it's going to be very close. Um, I Here, I, I lean towards the goaltending. Vasilevsky's proven. Um, I think come playoffs, maybe he turns it up a notch. Maybe he got a little bored there towards the end of the season. Um, so I look to him as far as the goaltending matchup. And then if Victor Hedman's good to go, if he's if he's 100% can play all series, I think that's a, that's a big piece that um, – you know, you you can't do without, especially in the playoffs. You can you can lose a guy up front um, as far as scoring and stuff, but but Victor Hedman's very important to that team. Um, if I had to lean one way, I would have to go Tampa Bay though, and uh, I would take them here at uh, minus one twenty. All right, liking Tampa Bay here, Vitel at minus one twenty, uh, going against a team that's right in his backyard. But hey, it's Tampa Bay's pretty damn good, so uh, you can't can't fault them for that when it's the Lightning. Uh, defending Stanley Cup champions. Now they've had these, it'll be interesting. Can they rev back up to that playoff, you know, just that zone they were in last year? Because again, the regular season, they've had guys in and out. They've been, their motivation and their, I guess their interest level's been waning at times this season. Can Tampa Bay flip that switch and ramp it up tonight for game one? Uh, that's going to be a good, interesting question. Uh, Muhammad, we'll bring you in. What do you think here with the uh, Battle of Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida? So I think for, uh, Anybody who's Canadian um, and knows who or remembers Steve Coulias used to be on the score all the time. You might see some old-time hockey uh, with these two teams. Uh, a lot of animosity. I think he saw that at the end of the regular season, which always sets up well for uh, exciting playoff series. I think, you know, this is tough for me because Florida, I think, is the better hockey team this year. Like, if you look at all the advanced analytics, and Florida really comes out on top. You watch them play. They've looked much better than Tampa this year. But hockey in the playoffs especially, it often comes down to two things, like experience and pedigree, which obviously favors Tampa, and goaltending, which obviously favors Tampa. I think Spencer Knight, you're right, is going to be the real deal in Florida. Um, but I don't think that they're going to ride with him. I think he's probably uh, a year or two too early here. And I think... Um, I just trust Vasilevsky so much more than I do Bobrovsky or Drieger for that matter. Um, so it's really t- I'm really conflicted in this series, to be honest with you, because I think the more this series gets played on special teams, it favors Tampa, especially with guys like Kucherov and Samkos back. Um, those guys are, I mean, and Tampa in general, they're a team that, you watch them play, and they're often not all that impressive, but they're so opportunistic. Like, they'll be the, the flow of play will be going against them, and then all they need is one or two chances, and they bury it, right? And that's what makes them so dangerous. So, um, and I go back to, and this is before, um, this is before the Tampa won the Cup or anything, but uh, like, I'm cousins with Brandon Gallagher, and he, he, he plays, he used to, obviously, he plays them in, in the regular division. He plays them, uh, you know, six, seven know five times a year so uh he told me last year or after it was either at the end of the two seasons ago or the middle of last year he's like tampa's the most overrated team in the league they're just really smart and uh they capitalize on everything uh and i think that holds true i think they went on they played really well in the bubble i think they found a new level there but i don't think they've been able to reciprocate that and duplicate that this year um, so I would lean, lean, slightest of leans, uh, to Florida, but I don't want to touch this series. Uh, I don't want to touch this game. Uh, I'm really on the fence with it. So I, I can't really, I would lean, I, as you said, I would lean over, 
because I think these two power plays are going to be um, going to be pretty pretty uh, effective. And I do think Barkov is probably the most underrated player in the world. Uh, I think he's a top five guy. Um, he's got really everything that you could want in an NHL player. Uh, and I think that uh, he's going to really drive uh, drive that team to be competitive. But yeah, overall, I just I would lean goals in this series, and I would leave the side alone. All right, let, all right, so lean into the over a little bit here, Muhammad, uh, in this game between the uh, Panthers uh, and the uh, Lightning. Uh, and uh, definitely when I'm looking at this uh, series, I think you're right. The fact that there's going to be, we think, like obviously maybe it'll settle down a little bit, but the last two regular season games, I mean, it kept George Peros busy with fines uh, given out to some of these players on both teams for the physicality in the last couple regular season games they had. So uh, there's definitely some... Uh, nasty feelings, some dislike uh, ramping up with these two rivals. So usually if you're going to see more penalties, you're going to have the chance to see more goals. So it, it just goes – it's a good, sound strategy that if you think there's going to be more penalties in a series, uh, you might have the chance for a higher-scoring series as a result. Um, so that's uh, today's games now. We're going to give our two guests a chance to give their thoughts on the other series that begin uh, later this week. Carolina-Nashville, oh, we'll start there. Carolina, a huge series favorite here, more than minus 250 uh, in this series against Nashville. I do like Carolina. I think they could get to the cup final in my mind. I know Nashville beat them twice at the end, but they needed the wins. Carolina had already clinched the division. Uh, I don't think you can make too big of a deal uh, about that, in, in my opinion. Uh, I think Carolina, when they play their A game, uh, you're going to see them uh, play extremely well. Uh, here in this series, they've got an outstanding one through six on the blue line. I trust the game breakers of Carolina more than Nashville's to show up. Can I trust Arvidsson, Duchesne, Johansson to get the job done for me in the playoffs? No, I can't because I know I haven't been able to rely on them in the playoffs in the past. I think I can count on Aho, Svechnikov, Niederreiter, Trocek, uh, Taravainen, uh, and all of this weaponry for Carolina, one through six, their blue line's outstanding. Slavin, Pesci, this Yoni Hockenpah they got from Anaheim's been outstanding since they got him. Uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton's having one of his best years ever. The goaltending from Nedeljkovic and Morozik, more than good enough. I just think they'll take care of business here. And I think this is where Nashville, all that tough hockey to get into the playoffs, they could get worn out chasing a Carolina team that has the puck all night against their opponents. They have the puck more than their opponents uh, in most games, and that could really wear Nashville down. So I like Carolina, and what I did was I bet a minus one and a half games in this series, which was minus 120 when I bet it. It's up to minus 160 now, but I think that's the better way to go because I do think this series won't go seven. Carolina can win it in at least six games, in my opinion. Uh, Vital, what's your uh, take here with the Preds-Hurricane series? Yeah, like you said, um, I think I think Carolina's been pretty good all season. Um, um, I think they get it done here. I think they're just the better team. They have two better goaltenders, um, and they're they're from what I hear, they're a wagon. They're pretty good. Um, so if they're all healthy and everything's good to go, I I, I lean towards Carolina. Maybe they get it done in five, even um, you know, even even a clean sweep. I think this is one of the more predictable series um, that we have this year. So I'd, I'd, I'd be heavy on, on Carolina to get it done in like four or five. Yeah, I think Carolina four or five, six max maybe 
uh, I would give them, but I, I think they'll find the way. Look, Nashville, I'll give them all kinds of credit. And look, their their blue line's healthy too. That's going to help Yossi Ekholm and Ellis in particular. Um, but boy, they played a lot of tough hockey to get here. And Carolina plays that kind of style. It wears on you in a seven-game series. And I worry that the uh, gas tank runs out here for Nashville. Mohamed, what do you think here at Nashville, Carolina? I think that uh, if, if there was such a bet, or I don't know if this bet even exists, but if you could find uh, like a sort of series or like a series to end the quickest, uh, this would probably be the one that I would, I would go with. Uh, I just think it's a mismatch. I think... There's a huge coaching discrepancy here. I think Brindamore, uh, outside of Trotz, is probably the best coach in the league. Um, and I think he makes a huge difference there in Carolina. Hines in Nashville, uh, let's just say he's on the other end of the spectrum. Yes, um, I agree with you there, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and I think like um, when you look at these two teams, um, they um, like Nashville – uh, they still have that that pretty slow blue line. Uh, Yossi is obviously an elite uh, elite defenseman, so I like that part of their team. But you're right; like they just don't have guys that really inspire you or really, really can trust to, to score, especially in the playoffs. So I would have to go with like I think Carolina sweeps this series. To be honest with you, maybe Nashville gets one game, um, but Carolina is also a team that uh, you know if you go back like five six years, even like back to the Bill Peters days. Um, you could see this coming. Like they were always, it was weird because they'd be like 11th in the East, but they were performing much better than what their record would have shown. And they were always priced. If you notice at home, they'd always be priced, you know, in that like minus 140 range where a lot of the better teams are usually, uh, you know, show up at against like decent teams too. So you could really, you could see they had a lot of believers before they really hit their stride. And then when Brenda Moore came in, um, it just went, it went all, uh, it was all downhill for them from there. So I, I, I like Carolina. I think you can take them even minus two and a half for a nice price in this series. I think that they get, get the job done here against Nashville. Well, we Kyle Palmieri just showed up for the Islanders and put them on the board. First goal of the series, one, nothing Islanders, a guy that's been non-existent MIA uh, for the last several weeks. And boy, he gets it going. That changes the complexion for the Islanders. They need something out of him uh, offensively. That's what he was brought here to do, score goals and roof job, uh, a, a wrister from the dot like he just did on Tristan uh, Jari. Uh, absolutely. And I think Jari kind of, uh, I don't know, it looked like he misplayed, misjudged where that puck was going uh, a little bit, uh, but it was a good shot. Uh, and the Islanders are up one nothing there. Uh, so good start for the Islanders against the run of play because Pittsburgh was uh, carrying the play up to that point. So we'll keep an eye on that. They're still in the first period. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to the next series here. Monday night, uh, St. Louis and Colorado. We talked about Carolina being a heavy favorite uh, in that uh, first uh, series. Uh, how about the uh, favorite, size of the favorite here by the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche? I mean, they are laying a massive price uh, in this series, almost minus 400 series price here in favor of Colorado. Colorado's A game is like we saw it. I, look, it was L.A. It was the final game of the regular season. But, man, did they play good. I mean, they had the puck all night. L.A. barely had it. And Colorado's played a bunch of those games like that. And this reminds me a little of Carolina-Nashville. St. Louis had to expend a lot of energy to get into the playoffs. They're going to want to try to bring this series into that physical four-check cycle. The puck force Colorado to have to defend in their own zone and try to get them moving side to side and just physically 
grind down this Colorado team. That's going to be the operation procedure here for St. Louis. But boy, oh boy, you've got a Colorado team that, in my opinion, they skate so well collectively, forwards and defense, that they can get themselves back in position if they take some chances. Like when these Colorado blue liners pinch at the blue line, they're so fast, they can get back in proper position very easily and very quickly. And I think you're going to see that. So that's why they're able to take so many chances. I love seeing the fact that Donskoy, Burakovsky, and others stepped up offensively. Tyson Jost as well uh, down the stretch to help out guys like McKinnon and uh, uh, Landeskog and Rantanen uh, because those are the big three. But a lot of times that uh, bottom six forward group had their quiet moments they got that group going a little bit. So I think it's going to be a tall order here for St. Louis. I think St. Louis with their experience and just, you know, Bennington can be cap- on his best day is capable, but he's also had some very, very poor outings this year. So he's a bit of a wild card with the way he's played this season. Uh, I think they're capable of winning one or two. I bet Colorado 4-2, exact series result here. Colorado 4-2 in this series to win it, and it was around plus 375 on that. So – uh, I thought that was a good bet. I could see St. Louis taking two, but I think Colorado will win it probably in that 5-6 range uh, in my mind. Uh, Vital, what do you think here, Blues and Avalanche? Yeah, this is an interesting series. Um, there's there's you know little rumblings going around that St. Louis might upset them or whatever, but listen, Colorado's been a wagon all year. Um, they got the goalie matchup, and like you said, I think St. Louis might have, you know, exerted a lot of energy trying to get into the playoffs and stuff. Um, I like I like uh, Colorado in like five games or six games. Like you said, I think that's a good bet. Um, I think they're just – they just proved to be too much for them. Um, St. Louis is missing Perenko, I think. I'm not sure if he'll he'll play uh, if he'll play at all this series. He's a big piece on D. You know, those, those guys make a big difference um, on the ice. Um, so I'd be leaning towards Colorado in probably uh, five or six games as well. All right. Like in uh, Colorado, five or six as well, Vitel Muhammad. Uh, what do you think here, St. Louis, Colorado? Yeah, you know what, guys? I think you guys pretty much hit it on the head here. I think this is Colorado's series to lose. Um, I'd like to sit here and, and give you some like refreshing uh, hot take on St. Louis upsetting them. Um, but I just don't see it. I think – I, if St. Louis, uh, you know, had the Bennington of, of that of that cup run, um, and he had shown some signs of sustaining that level of play, I'd give them a much better chance. Uh, because the one thing Colorado does is they're very good at suppressing uh, the opponent's chances. Um, obviously, they have the elite talent, uh, you know, McKinnon and Rantanen and Lance Cole, Um but uh, they also they're really good uh, in terms of. Uh, limiting the opposition uh, and and dominating the high danger chances, um, and I just I just don't think Bennington is going to be the, the guy that was able to steal St. Louis some games a couple years ago. Um, and I also they Tarasenko's not right. Like I know I have him in fantasy, and he just hasn't been able to get going this year. Um, he's coming off those shoulder surgeries, and I'm hopeful that you know next year uh, he can sort of find his his way again. But you know, without those guys sort of clicking on all cylinders, I just don't think St. Louis has the horses. So I think you're right. I think Colorado wins this in between five and six games. St. Louis is good enough to win a game, uh, maybe two. But, yeah, you got to go with Colorado here. I think they get it done. 
All right, Colorado to get it done. And we have Pittsburgh getting it done just a second ago. Freddie Goudreau, I warned you about him actually when we previewed this show. This guy stepped up in that depth forward role for the Penguins down the stretch, and he gets the Penguins on the board and level. And even with the Islanders, 1-1 here in the first period. So uh, the Penguins tie it up there. All right, let's move on to the North Division now. Uh, that's what we got left. Winnipeg and Edmonton. Uh, we'll start there. We've got Edmonton in that minus 200 favorite a range here in this series uh, against the Jets. I think Edmonton wins this series, and I said this uh, previously, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think this team's running through Winnipeg, uh, especially with Winnipeg going to get Nick Ehlers back. Uh, he's been their best forward. Him and Kyle Connor, 1A, 1B, the best forwards this year for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. There's no question about that. Uh, so that's going to help them, no doubt about it. Um, and look, they've still got the offensive weaponry up front. I do worry about their blue line, though. They struggled to defend the Oilers all season. McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, pretty much ran amok uh, against the uh, Jets. And Connor Hellebuck had some of his worst numbers of the entire season against any team. No team that he struggled more with than the Edmonton Oilers this season. So that's a concern going up against McDavid and Dreisaitl. And Hellebuck was in and out of Good starts and bad starts down the stretch. That's another thing that worries you a little bit. Uh, but Winnipeg, to me, is still good enough to hang in this series. I just don't see them winning it, but I don't think it's going to be four or five. I could see this going six or seven, and I've still got to see it from Mike Smith at playoff time. He's another guy, believe it or not, down the stretch. I didn't love Mike Smith's game. I thought Mike Smith most of the season's been great. I think he's been a little bit shaky in these last couple of games he started uh, here in the regular season, so be careful with that. But I think when you look at Edmonton, they can't match Winnipeg fully in the top six, but they've still got the best two, McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they got Ryan McLeod in the third line, and since that happened, they've gotten some punch from the third line. Chase on, and even Neal has scored a little bit. That is what we've been waiting for for Edmonton. Help out McDavid and Dreisaitl because they can't always do it by themselves. And I never thought I'd say that the Edmonton Oilers would have a Decent blue line edge over anybody, but I do think their blue line's better one through six than Winnipeg's. I mean, with um, Darnell Nurse playing at the best level he's ever played, making me proud of him being from Hamilton. You see it in the background here. Uh, Darnell Nurse has been outstanding uh, for the Oilers on that blue line. A lot of guys have taken a step forward on that blue line. Uh, Ethan Bear continues to be pretty solid uh, for the uh, Oilers. Uh, this blue line has collectively gotten better uh, throughout the course of the season. Tyson Berry got another shot. Uh, with Edmonton after a rough go in Toronto, and he's made the most of it. He's had a very good season. Uh, and look, Winnipeg's got a very, very shaky blue line. I like Pionk and Morrissey, uh, but after that, Pullman's been banged up down the stretch. Kevin Dayoff had to address the blue line, and he addressed it by bringing in Jordy Ben, who may not even crack the top six when game one starts on Wednesday night. So he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything to improve that blue line for playoff time, which was disappointing. I think that is going to be to the detriment of the Jets in this series. So I like Edmonton here. I think Edmonton at six makes sense here. I could see the Jets getting at least a couple, though. They're they're not chopped liver. I know they struggled down the stretch, but they aren't completely chopped liver. Edmonton, I think, will beat them, but I think Winnipeg will make it more competitive than some people think in this series. But Edmonton will advance, in my opinion. Vital, uh, your thoughts here, Jets and the Oilers. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. Um I liked Winnipeg this year. You know, they they play a, a, a gritty game and, and they have the ability to score goals. But like you said, Hellebuck's been a little uh, rough lately. Um, 
So if I had to lean one way, it'd be towards Edmonton. You know, I mean, Winnipeg's missing some key players. Dubois not sure to play. Ellers is out. Um, those are important pieces. And, and you said, you know, you give the edge of D to, to the Oilers. So I'd have to be on the Oilers as well. But I think it's going to be competitive. I think six games sounds good, maybe even seven. Um, but it'll be it'll be if if Edmonton can get some uh, some scoring from other than their top two dogs, um, we'll see. It'll you know maybe they'll end it a little quicker. But if not, I think it, I think this is a grueling series, um, and uh, I think six or seven is is very likely here. Yeah, I think it's a long series. I think Edmonton pulls it out. But one thing I know about the Oilers, and we'll get to a team like the, the Leafs in just a second. Teams that just historically don't do anything easily. Nothing comes easy for them. Um, you can say that about Edmonton over the years. Nothing comes easy for them. Everybody loved Edmonton against Chicago last year in the bubble. And what happened? <clears throat> it was a disaster for the Oilers in that series. So uh, Edmonton, I think, will learn from that. They're better, I think, than Winnipeg. They'll find a way. But I don't think they're steamrolling Winnipeg in this series. Uh, Mohammed, what do you think here? Oilers and Jets. You know, this is a series where it features two teams that I just like that. Uh... I'm not a fan of not like Winnipeg. I I um, I love Maurice. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. I have a lot of respect for the program they have. Um, I just the last couple of years, you've seen a big tail off there in terms of their ability to drive the play. They're kind of a four man's like like I know I touched on this with Tampa. I mean, obviously Tampa drives the play a lot better than Winnipeg, but I mean. If Ehlers isn't good to go, and I haven't like I haven't looked at it. I, I thought he was gonna be back for game one, but I don't I'm not sure on that. But if he is, that's a big thing for them because he is one of their few play drivers and that he creates a lot through the neutral zone. He's great in transition. And um, you know, especially in a series against Edmonton where McDavid is gonna wanna try and get get speed going through the neutral zone, uh Ehlers would kind of be their best chance to match that. Um and if, so if he's good to go, that's a big boost for them. Um, the one thing Winnipeg has always been able to do is capitalize, and, and they've got a lot of very good finishers on that team. So I think that gives them a fighting chance. Um, I've said it so many times, like I live here in Edmonton. I'm born and raised here. Um, I can't, like, I've never liked the Oilers, um, so I'm a bit biased. But uh, any team, for me, it's more of a fundamental thing. They're just so reliant on those two big guys, McGee, obviously McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, I've never seen a guy carry a team as much as McDavid does. Um, I think um, when people talk about the Oilers, um, I think it's glossed over a little bit too much how many holes they really have. Um, so I, I find it very hard to trust them in this series. I could never like lay anything on them. I just think he's going to be too much for Winnipeg to overcome, especially with Hellebuck struggling um, as much as he has against this team. If Hellebuck um, was a little bit sharper, um, I think I'd have more confidence in Winnipeg. So I'd probably agree that the Oilers probably get it done in six. Uh, I don't see them getting too much farther than that, but I think that Winnipeg's a good matchup for them. You've seen it all year. They've really just been able, McDavid's been able to do whatever he wanted against them. So I would go with the Oilers here as much as I hate to say it. Um, and uh, and then just fade them in the next round, whoever they play. Because I honestly think he's going to win the division. All right. So, yeah, I think a lot of us think Edmonton's going to find a way. But you're right. It doesn't come easily for them. This will be a competitive series, but Oilers, I think, will prevail when it's all said and done. 
They've got more forward depth now because of the third line emerging. The defense has improved significantly to the point where they might even be the better blue line collectively than Winnipeg right now. And in net, yeah, Hellebuck does probably get the edge over Smith, but if Smith plays the way he has most of the season and Hellebuck plays the way he did a little bit down the stretch, all of a sudden that edge goes away a little bit uh, if Hellebuck struggles a little bit the way he did down the stretch. Uh, we wrap it up with everybody's excited. Uh, like I say, these fan bases, I've, I'm, I'm flooded in my area by either Leafs fans or Habs fans, and they both drive me nuts. I mean, it's back and forth. It's beaking each other. Uh, Leafs and the Habs getting ready for their first playoff series in uh, 42 years head-to-head. Toronto, obviously, sizable favorites in the series here in this one. I don't really have a strong take on the series because I think Toronto's winning it, but there are some things that you you worry about from a Leafs perspective. I just think we've seen too much evidence and the eye test and everything we've seen this season of these two teams head to head Montreal's had a tough time matching up but there is some good news for Montreal is that at least they're going to have Gallagher's coming back Weber looks like he's good to go they're going to have Deneau back Deneau is the key defensively I know Habs fans have been frustrated with his lack of offense but he's the best defensive matchup and person you've got for the Matthews line and Austin Matthews in particular who has killed you this season crushed Montreal Austin Matthews has and Dano at least gives you a puncher's chance to at least maybe try to keep him in check at least a little bit because you don't want to stick some of these other centers on that on against Matthews Suzuki and certainly Kotkaniemi hell no with him uh, trying to uh, keep Austin Matthews in check Uh, Dano is still the best uh, option you have uh, in terms of a defensive matchup uh, against the Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and I believe Nick Felino line. I believe Felino is going to be the third guy on that line with Marner and Matthews to begin the uh, playoffs for the Leafs. Um, so Toronto, look, much deeper. Uh, they've obviously got four strong lines. You worry about Montreal's offense outside of Toffoli and Anderson. And Gallagher, I, I like. I think he can score too. But after that, there's they've not gotten consistent production from anybody else. Uh, the blue line, obviously, Toronto's uh, very, very uh, in good shape back there, uh, one through six. Montreal, we'll have to see what Weber does. Weber's driven some Habs fans nuts. I mean, Mohamed will talk about it in a second with the turnovers this year uh, and some of the issues he's had. He's not the Shea Weber of old, but to hear Montreal Canadians say he should be a healthy scratch, fans say he should be a healthy scratch in the playoffs. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I, I know he's had a tough season, but to hear some people say he should be a healthy scratch, I mean, that's going a little uh, nuts. Uh, that's going a little bit too far, in my opinion, saying he shouldn't even play. I mean, with the, all that playoff experience. Yeah, it's not been his greatest year. I get it. It's made some blunders, but you got to be a little bit more reasonable than that. Carey Price should be ready to go. Looks like he's going to be good for game one. Again, we're talking about a guy who hasn't played in a while. He's had good p- parts of the season, not so good parts of the season. I just think Toronto will be uh, finally get the monkey off their back and win this series. However, here's what you can hang your hat on if you're Montreal. If you're the coaching staff, and shame on them if they don't do this, you've got to absolutely hammer this home to your team in your speech before game one. Nobody thinks you can win this series. Nobody's given you a chance. Every expert known to man is saying you're going to lose. You show them what we can do. And you you just rev this Montreal team up if you're Ducharme and the coaching staff to the point where they just played above their heads. They play out of their minds good, out of their skulls good. Because that's what it's going to take for them to win this series. They've got to play out of their minds good. A bunch of forwards have to have a career playoff series. The defense one through six has to be as good, better than they've been all season. 
And Carey Price has to be better than he's been uh, all season. Everyone has to play above their level, everybody collectively. And the way you do that is you just rile your team up so much with this nobody thinks you can win mantra that they just go bonkers on the ice. You know, it goes right to your legs. The adrenaline's flowing. We'll show them. Everybody picking Toronto, every single human being on the earth picking Toronto, it seems, in this series. That's what you do if you're Montreal's coaching staff. And then if you play that way from the start, because it's going to get you right into the series from the start. You rev up your team so much, you get them so jacked up to start this series that you come out strong. And maybe you get the first goal against Toronto in game one. Maybe you go up 2-0 in game one against Toronto. And then you get the Leafs gripping the sticks, 17 years without with no playoff series victory. Pat Quinn was the head coach the last time it happened. And, you know, it's 1967, the last time they won a cup. You get them squeezing their sticks and maybe forcing things, and the pressure shifts to them. And if you take that early game one lead, and dare I say it, steal game one if you're Montreal, it's suddenly series on, and the pressure shifting dramatically to a Toronto team that has not experienced any playoff success in several, several years. And this current core of the Leafs has not won a playoff series. That's your goal if you're Montreal. Put the immediate pressure on the Leafs in game one. We'll see if they can do that. If they don't and they let Toronto get comfortable and get that game one win and feel that we're just too good for these guys, it's going to be a long and bad series for Montreal. Game one's critical. Plant that seed of doubt. Montreal has to. And if they don't, it's going to be, I think, quickly over for them. I like Toronto, but I'm not touching this price with a franchise that's done nothing in the playoffs for 17 years. I think they win. But again, until that monk, and if they get the monkey off their back, guys, they could go a long way. But they got to win that first series first before they can take that next step. I think they will. I'm certainly not laying any sort of price to see if they will. Uh, Vital, we'll start with you here. Montreal, Toronto. Yeah, this is uh, this is great stuff. You know, I grew up watching Montreal. Um, so to see these two hockey mega cities, you know, go at it is is, is fun stuff. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but like you said, I, I don't think Montreal has much of a chance. Toronto up front is just from the first line to the fourth line. They fill, uh, you know, big big roles. And, and you know, Thornton and, and Simmons on or have kind of turned into a leadership role and, like, physicality and stuff. And I think just up and down the lineup, they're the better team. My only concern with Toronto is the goaltending. You know, I, we don't know what we're going to get. I'm looking at Anderson is expected to get the start here. I know we're a few days away, so things could change. Um, and then the only way I see Montreal having a chance is if Price stands on his head. You know, if we get the the vintage carry Price that that is you know is possible. Um, but he's on the back nine, and and who knows what we'll get as far as that. He's been inconsistent this year, so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, bet on it. But um, if everything goes smoothly, I, I see Toronto maybe taking care of this in five games. Um, but it all depends on the goaltending. We know they can score goals. Um, but if they can get some goaltending, get some confidence, win this series early, they could be dangerous for the rest of the playoffs. But um, it remains to be seen. But I'll take them. Uh, I would take them in five if, if I had to make a bet here. All right, Toronto in five. Yeah, if you like Toronto, take a shot with the exact series result. Like, I wouldn't even take the minus one and a half games because I think Montreal could push it uh, a little bit further than some people think because of just how much, you know, it's still a rivalry. It's still Toronto being asked to do something they haven't done in forever, and that's win a series. It could still be a, 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 a lengthy competitive series. 
uh, and maybe it's not easy. You know, to win that first series, it's never easy to do it. So we'll see. It, Toronto should have the edge. They look like the better squad. They've looked like that head-to-head against Montreal all year, the better team. But, boy, I mean, it's still a team that lacks that get-it-done-in-the-playoff mentality, playoffs mentality, uh, and that does concern you uh, a little bit. Um, I would expect Jack Campbell, by the way, to be the goalie for uh, for the uh, Leafs in the uh, playoffs. I'm pretty sure he would start. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, they, they haven't um, – they haven't confirmed it yet, but I'd, I'd be shocked if it's not Jack Campbell. And that's no disrespect to Freddie Anderson, but uh, he just hasn't played enough. He hasn't had his best season. Jack Campbell, 17-2-2, you've at least got to start with him. And you're right, there's an unknown. He's been great in the regular season, but this will be his first playoffs, Jack Campbell. Is he ready for it? Now, look, we're going to turn it now to Muhammad. He's a Habs fan. You know, full disclosure, a disclaimer. I'm sure he'll give you every reason in the book to give you belief here in the Montreal Canadiens in this series. Uh, but still interested to hear uh, his thoughts about his beloved Habs here in this one. Uh, Muhammad, what do you think? Leafs Habs. So I think that, uh, first of all, I want to touch on a couple of things you said, Ian. I think, I think you hit on something really important about the motivational aspect. So much of coaching is uh, about trying to provide those those motivational uh, tidbits for your team, getting them up, getting them amped up before a series, before a game. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I don't have that much faith in Ducharme from what I've seen. Uh, there's been a lot of games this year, especially like after the coaching change, where teams usually have that natural boost. There's been so many times where I've expected them to have more juice and to have more legs, and they just haven't had it. Um, there's they're always like i mean this happens a lot but they'll flash him on the bench and he'll just look completely lost um there's already talks about caulfield maybe not playing game one which i think would be a colossal mistake for a team that doesn't finish they they drive the play they're like the opposite of winnipeg they drive the play but they don't finish um which is just a mind it's just it's as a fan or as a as a guy that follows a team there's nothing more frustrating than that like if you look at them analytically again this year Top three, I think they're right behind Colorado and Corsi, second in the league. They're they're one of the better five on five teams. Their their goals expected share is very high. Um, they're a team that's just underachieved, and um, so I think that's one one aspect of it that draws me back or turns me off of them in this series is the coaching aspect. The other one, ironically, is goaltending. Um, I saw a stat on Twitter not too long ago. Since like 2016-17. Terry Price is 34 and a half goals below uh, goals expected saves. So basically, in layman's terms, he's he's underachieved what his expected amount of saves would be by, or goals against would be by 34 and a half, which is massive. Like I think that would put him probably in the bottom 10 in the league, maybe bottom five. So um, I don't have much faith in Price either. Um, can he pick his game up? Absolutely. I think you saw it on the bubble last year. Um, and then you look at a guy like Weber. He's got to be a lot better, as you said. Uh, I mean, here's a guy that can fire the pocket, you know, 105 miles per hour. But when he clears it, it's just a feeble attempt up the boards, and you guys skate. Like, it's one of those – I've said that to a few people this year. Like, it's just – it's it's mind-boggling some of the stuff you see with this team. Um, I'm a realist. Um, I – you know, if I my life was on the line, I would not take Montreal in this series. I think they push it. I really do. Um, I think if they play to their to their ability, I think they absolutely could win. I think um, it's pretty disrespectful. You see some of the 
some of the predictions that a lot of the predictions that surround Montreal, honestly, to me every year are just, it feels like people that don't actually watch the game. They just look at, they just look at the point totals on the rosters and names and go, Oh, these guys aren't that good. Like, God, they don't have a chance. And every year, like you see it, like Montreal went to the, the Eastern conference final a couple of times in the last decade. People didn't give them a chance. Um, you know, last year against Pittsburgh, there's a graphic going around Twitter where, like, every single Sportsnet, I mean, you touched on it, every single Sportsnet analyst picked uh, Pittsburgh. They're doing the same thing with the Leafs. And uh, this year, I didn't even know, I don't even know if one person even had it going seven games. It's all at five, six, five. So um, there's tons of bulletin board material. So if Ducharme has any ability to motivate, um, the, it, he should be able to do it here. I just don't know if he does. Um, the no back is huge. Um, I think that yep. um, I, like, I know there was a player pool going around uh, last year. I think it was, and McKinnon said that no was the hardest player to play against in the league. And that's a guy that only sees him twice a year. So I thought that was interesting. I think he gets ragged on too much. I think with Gallagher back, um, he his game will go up another notch. He'll be able, I think he'll be able to chip in offensively too. Um, and the last guy I want to touch on is Drouin. I, I I know he gets a lot of heat, um, and I feel like I I, I feel a, a connection with the guy just because I you know I went through a lot of, uh, of the same things. I know like I mean it's not obviously it's not public knowledge, and I don't know this for fact, but I mean I'm pretty sure it's a it's a mental it's a mental thing going on with him, anxiety, and and I know as somebody that had that ruin my own career in lacrosse, um, uh, I was much the same type player like a like a skilled guy finesse uh and just i just never um you know i played junior a and stuff and i was never really able to to meet that potential and i i, I assume that's sort of what's going on with him like you know you heard the quotes about guys getting on him about his goal total and he was saying things like well look at the other column look at the assist and so you can sort of see the signs that he's getting really frustrated um and uh you know i i totally empathize with that and i understand that and i just hope that the guy you know gets back into the league and I wish the best for him. I think though he's a guy that they're going to miss. He's a guy that if he's on, he can finish, which is what they need. Uh, he's a guy that can, can create. Uh, and I, I think that's even more reason to play Caulfield. Um, you need guys like that natural goal scorers and Toronto has a couple of those obviously with Matthews and Marner. If Montreal wants to match that, I don't see how they, they, you know, they play stall or somebody like that instead of Caulfield. So, um, if you want my brain's prediction, I would say Toronto and six. Um, if you want my heart's prediction, I would say Montreal and six. So it's really, I can't, you know, I can't really give you a clear cut prediction on this just because I'm too biased. I obviously have a family member in the series. So um, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, those prices on Toronto are ridiculous. Like if you want to take a dog, I think Montreal is definitely one of the dogs you want to take because there's really not a whole lot of dogs I like, but I think Montreal can win this series. You want to take a shot, take Montreal. But uh, yeah, I just I think the best course of action with this series is enjoy it because we haven't seen this in what forty two years. So just enjoy the series and have fun with it. There you go. Enjoy the series, and uh, you'll enjoy it more, Muhammad. Obviously, if the Habs win it. But I like that you said my head still says Toronto. So he, there you go. He has at least said that he still thinks probably it's going to be. Uh, tough time here for the uh, Toronto uh, or for the Montreal Canadiens, but hoping for the best for the Canadiens. I'd like to see Drew Ann come back and play well because he's obviously going through some personal matters and personal issues right now, maybe some mental uh, issues as well. 
Um, maybe that's influenced his play. I know I've been just r- r- very rough uh, on Jonathan Drouin's play this year, and it hasn't been good at all. Um, maybe now if he comes back and he's put whatever he's been going through behind him, he can come back and be an impact player. Uh, I'm going to have to see it first, though, because you know you could say that, yeah, maybe that's been affecting him, but can he actually get it done now? Is that the reason why he had struggled so much? Because let's be honest, last year wasn't really great shakes either. Uh, for Jonathan Drouin at times. So uh, it might just be that, you know, it's just a guy that maybe was uh, incorrectly perceived as this future franchise player when he was drafted. And it just hasn't been that way. It wasn't that way in Tampa, hasn't been that way here uh, in Montreal. So if he gets back in the lineup, we'll have to wait and see what kind of impact he makes. But uh, great analysis from our special guests there, Vital and Muhammad, on the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. We talked the Sunday card as well as uh, the series beginning. Uh, later in the week, the rest of the first round matchups. Uh, we'll get to best bets to wrap up the show uh, in just a second. But before we do that, a reminder uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. NHL and NBA playoffs are here. MLB is going on daily. Lots of uh, sports betting options for you. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use that promo code THPN. Uh, when you download and sign up, you'll get uh, deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code uh, THPN. All right, it is time now for best bets for this Sunday card. Uh, usually I let the guests start, but I've, I'll start today for a change because I already made up my mind uh, on it. I'm going to go with the over five and a half with Tampa Bay and Florida. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of that total being five and a half. Uh, Florida offensively is, believe it or not, found ways to score even against Basilevsky this season. They've actually done well against Tampa with him in net. I like the depth they've now got. Sam Bennett is one of those guys. They got him the deadline. It's made them uh, even more potent up front in their forward group. And, of course, Tampa Bay. You bring back a Steven Stamkos. You bring back a Nikita Kucherov to go along with everybody else they already have up front, and they are suddenly much more dangerous uh, offensively. So let's go with Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, over five and a half here, minus 115 in game one tonight. Uh, that is of the Sunshine State showdown. That's going to be my best bet for this Sunday card. Uh, Vital, we'll turn it over to you. What do you like here for best bet today? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to stay in that same game. Um, I've I've liked Tampa all year. Um, I think they turn it up a notch. Kucherov coming back. I'm sure he's been healthy for at least a couple weeks now. Um, so I think he's fully ready to go. He's going to have that extra energy. Um, he's just a pure goal scorer, playmaking kind of guy. And uh, I think Tampa just proves to be a little too much, and they've got the better goaltending. So I'd, I'd lean towards Tampa at minus 20 here. All right, there we go. Vital Cote, best bet, Tampa Bay Lightning, minus 120. Uh, Mohamed Jama, thanks for joining us. First time on the ice, guys. Uh, good job. Uh, what do you like here for best bet today? You know, again, uh, if there's one thing that I've uh, that I've uh, picked up from you over the years is that your total, like your over bets in the NHL, are probably probably your best subset uh, of, of success in your picks. And I gotta agree with you here today. I think Tampa, Florida, just gets over the total. Um, I don't trust Florida's goaltending. Um, Tampa still has those elite finishers, and Florida's gonna contribute as well. So I think in a series, it's going to have a lot of heat to it. Um, I don't think the refs are going to, especially early in the series, I don't think the refs are going to shy away from calling things. Um, and the one last thing I'll say is it's actually a myth that things that less gets called in the playoffs in the modern era. 
there's actually like something like I think uh, eight penalties per game or eight power plays per game in the playoffs, seven point eight to to seven point five in the regular season, something like that. It's very close. Um, so um, I think you're going to get enough power plays to get this thing over the total. I think five and a half is a good number, even if it's three two, you can get an empty netter. So yeah, I would go with the over in uh, in the in the Florida Tampa game. All right, Muhammad liking that as his best bet as well. Tampa Bay, Florida, over five and a half, minus 115 for his best bet for this Sunday card. Uh, before we wrap up the show, a reminder, let's get this out on the table right now. We want the word out there that we're here Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, live betcast, Ice Guys Stanley Cup playoff betcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. We plan on doing these once or twice a week throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Our first live betcast is Tuesday night. We'll have Islanders-Penguins game two. We'll have Vegas and Minnesota game two and Tampa Bay-Florida game two, the same three games that are being played today. It'll be game two on Tuesday night. We'll be here. It's just shoot the shit. You know, have some fun. You know, crack some jokes. Maybe we rib each other. If you're if Terry Edelman's on the show live, a Minnesota Wild fan will say, ah, Vegas is going to win tonight. We'll give them some grief, uh, make it a fun show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll just be watching the game, shooting the shit, commenting on what's going on. We'll live bet. A lot of these games, I've got a, a fixed dollar amount set aside for live betting purposes on Tuesday night. So I'm going to be placing a lot. It's going to be Degenerateville for me uh, on Tuesday night because I've set aside this amount. It's a decent amount. Let's have some fun. It's a live betting show after all. Let's live bet. That's exactly what I'll be doing. So we're going to get some live bets going during the Tampa, Florida game, the Islander Penguin game and as well the uh, Minnesota-Vegas game the other night, uh, or on Tuesday night. So uh, make sure you join us. And that's the key. Join us not only watching the show, but the invite is there to special guests that have been with us on the show, as well as our most loyal fans and viewers and listeners to join us right on the stream. We can have up to 10 people you know, on these live streams here uh, during the, the Ice Guys show. So we're going to open it up to uh, a bunch of people. Uh, we'll have people coming in and out because if there's more than 10 people that request wanting to be on the show at some point, we'll have to just, it's like a waiting room. I'll, I'll mm. bring this person in. I'll, they, this person can go cool off for 30 minutes, you know, have a rest, uh, do whatever. And then we'll bring them back on, you know, later on for a second time. So be stuff like that. You'll see, get, you'll see people moving in and out, in and out of the stream all night, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to it. If you want to be part of the live betcast, you want to be on the show, you want to be on the screen with us Tuesday night, uh, send me uh, Twitter at Bobano. You can send it to the Ice Guys Twitter account. You can DM me, and I'll make sure we line it up that I send you the StreamYard link before the show, and that way you have that opportunity to be on the stream and on the show with us. I know Vtel's interested in joining us uh, on Tuesday night, uh, a bunch of other people as well. So uh, looking forward to it. Tuesday night live betcast for the first time, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's which is the start time of the first game that night, Islanders Penguins. So uh, we're looking forward to it. So join us Tuesday night for the live betcast. Also join us tomorrow, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, for the regular Ice Guys show. Uh, the regular crew will be back together again. Myself, Alex B. Smith, uh, and Jimmy Murphy. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, before we wrap up, a reminder: this show is on seven days a week, live on YouTube. The Ice Guys, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live. You can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. You can find it on all of those platforms and outlets. 
Thanks to our special guest, Vital Cote, Mohamed Jama, for joining us today. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 